Welcome to Formula 101. I'm Peyton, and this is not your average race recap of Formula 1 races. I'm going to be talking about a lot of exciting things both on and off the track, and I'm so happy you guys are listening with me. Uh this is going to be a fun ride, so thanks for coming along. At Silverstone this year, Lewis Hamilton's tire blew out half a lap to the end of the race as he was leading, and he still managed to win that race after limping through half a lap with only 3 tires. And now Mercedes had already suffered tire issues in that race with their other driver Valtteri Bottas, but this was basically the worst-case scenario for Lewis to lose his tire on the last lap. Now, yes, he still did manage to win the race, which probably wouldn't normally happen if he hadn't been, I don't know, 30 seconds in front of Max Verstappen who was in second at the time, but it does go to show the importance of tires and tire management in a race strategy. So the big question that I wanted to tackle today or the topic per se has to do with tires and what kinds of tires are used and why are these tires used? and ultimately how does that affect how races uh, happen what happens during them and kind of everything in between now the first thing i wanted to tackle was the tire compounds themselves so all the tires now in 2020 and as they have been for a while now are all designed and supplied by pirelli a while back there were multiple tire suppliers like bridgestone but for the modern era at least all of them have been supplied by pirelli and they're meant to be both strong and light like everything else on a formula 1 car they have to be functional but also durable and they have to withstand the massive downforce and the g forces like the drivers themselves i mean these tires have to work on a formula 1 car specifically and they're really built differently than those you'd see on your average road car you'll notice on the side walls of these tires so on the actual outward facing pieces of rubber on the tires that they're usually color coded that is both for the teams and the viewers to have a better idea of what's going on and so there have long been tires to designate the various tire compounds used each season and they often change i've seen the colors switch up and change quite a few times even after even kind of through the only maybe 8 years i've been watching formula 1 but in 2020 there are five dry weather compounds and two wet weather compounds supplied by Pirelli and these aren't necessarily categorized by their names more so by a number so Pirelli numbers them C1 through C5 and C1 goes to the hard tire and these are usually white on the sidewall C2 is the medium tire those are usually red C3 is the soft tire which is yellow And there are two other compounds as I said there's five in total for dry and that includes both the ultra soft which tends to be more yellow on the sidewalls and then hyper soft which are red. I knew hyper softs and ultra softs more through like a purple or a violet tone that they used to be but those as I said have now changed for this season. And so there are two compounds only for when the track is wet. And the first are known as the intermediates which are green. and then for when it's really raining there are the full wets which are usually blue so to break it down what does it mean if a tire is soft medium or hard like what does that even apply to so the basic concept is that the softer a tire is the faster the car can go on that tire a soft tire is a lot stickier 
and that allows the driver to accelerate faster without spinning the rear wheels because the car has more traction, it has more grip, it can brake harder without locking up, and it can take corners at a higher speed again because the soft tire allows for more grip. And so harder tires may not have as much traction and be more difficult to warm, but that does not mean that they are less useful or less effective in what they're meant for. And so soft tires are often used more frequently during qualifying because obviously that's when the teams want the cars to go the fastest. They want to get the best starting point and position for the grid. So they're gonna purposely choose the tires that are softer and therefore allow the car to go faster. Now Pirelli does control the amount of tires, like the actual sets of tires that the drivers and the teams are given each weekend. It's not just a free for all with a million different pairs that they can choose from when they want and how they want. Pirelli specifically determines these things. And so they'll choose the compounds that are used for that specific weekend and that specific track. And it'll choose the two compounds that will need to be used during the race and therefore how many in total sets there are. So usually they select, they allow teams to select 10 sets of tires for a weekend, which sounds like a lot, but when you think about all of the different practice sessions and qualifying and the race itself and all of the kind of uh, problems that they have to plan for and, and what if everything goes to hell and they have to totally change their strategy, 10 sets is something they have to really ration and be careful with what they choose. So there are specific rules, though, about these tires. So for the top 10 qualifiers in qualifying, they must start the race with the tires they used in the second session of qualifying. So whatever you used in Q2, you have to start on during the race. And now for those who are outside the top 10, who qualify 11th and down, they can start on whatever tires are available to them. So there are no, um, there are no regulations on what they can specifically choose. Now to move on to tire wear and impact. This is something commentators talk about all the time during racing and throw out a lot of jargon and a lot of terms that for me personally, just jumping into Formula One, I was super confused about. I didn't have a ton of knowledge about cars and tires in general, so I was already on the back foot. But I personally think Formula One is a little bit difficult to just jump into out of the blue because there are so many specific terms and kind of industry-related things that aren't quite explained on the broadcast. And a lot of them do relate to the tires. A lot of the mechanics and a lot of those things that go along with the building of the car are just far out of my personal knowledge base, and I think they are for a lot of people. And now, so tires really are defined by their temperature and how that affects how long they last. So tires heat up in the corners. As the cars go around the corners, the temperature is increasing due to the friction on the tires. And as the tires heat up and they cool down all throughout the laps, this is what they refer to as a heat cycle. So the more cycles a tire goes through, the more the rubber is broken down and the slower the tire gets as that performance drops. And now you think about when you see a a driver weaving back and forth on the track, maybe this is on the formation lap, or it's before a qualifying run when they're trying to get their fast lap in, or even under a safety car, that is the driver trying to get heat into these tires. 
So often when you take a, a new tire right out of the packaging, it isn't entirely ready to deliver for optimal performance. It's not perfectly ready to go 100% all right. Like there are, it needs to be warmed up and put through a heat cycle or two for it to perform at its best. Because it, when it's brand new, it, it hasn't been essentially like broken down like a new shoe. Like when you buy a new shoe, it might give you blisters right away. But as you walk in it and use it a little more, it becomes more comfortable and more functional. And that idea is kind of translated onto the tires here. And that's why tire drivers who are maybe in the back of the field, they may specifically choose to use a harder tire during the qualifying because they know that's what they're going to start on during the race. And not ones that are dead, but ones that have actually gone through a heat cycle or two, and therefore they feel more confident that they'll be able to take this hard tire a little bit longer and possibly improve their, their, um, their position in the race. And the other concept that is talked about a lot is degradation and blistering with tires. So these are concepts that really affect the actual makeup of the tire and have to do with the rubber itself. So obviously tires don't last forever, especially when they're being blasted around tracks for lap after lap at 200 miles an hour. They're not going to last for months and months like they do on your road car. And so tire manufacturers are constantly working to create compounds that are less susceptible to blistering, that have more consistent temperatures across the inside and outside of the tires, but they're not perfect, and obviously these issues still happen considering how advanced these cars are, how fast they're going, and how, how hot the brakes and the tires get. So I differentiated between the inside and the outside of the tires, and that's a little bit confusing. I'm not talking about the sidewall, like the actual side of it, and then the top uh, where the actual rubber hits the road, but the internals and kind of the outside shell of the tire. So when the outside of the tire, when the part that is, is touching the road and, and out in the air is hotter than what's on the inside, you get what's called graining. And then when the inside of the tire is hotter than the outside, you get blistering. And now these two concepts are kind of in the same family. I think they probably get thrown around and interchanged pretty often in the industry. But what both do is that they disrupt the contact between the tire and the road, and that therefore shortens their lifespan and makes them more difficult to control from the driver's end. Now, this is combated by a practice by the drivers that's called laying down rubber. That was something I didn't know about until I actually was doing research for this topic. But usually when cars pass over the same line on the track multiple times, you'll get this kind of darker portion of the track. Could be darker, it could be lighter, but normally, especially after a race has been run a long time, you'll see that there's kind of a pathway on the track where all the, all the drivers and all the cars are following. And it may be darker on that spot and lighter on the outside or vice versa, I'm not quite sure. But when a car is laying down rubber, they are wearing rubber, they're placing more and more rubber into the slots and the texture of the circuit. So it's kind of like when you have a crack 
in the road of concrete and then the workers come and they they pour more asphalt in that slot and it kind of fills it up and smooths it out. That's what laying down rubber is doing on a racetrack. And so it makes the track smoother and therefore more friendly to their tires and, and helps them not degrade so quickly. So you'll even see some drivers do burnouts in their grid boxes to help them lay down rubber and have a better takeoff when the lights go out. And commentators will use the word locking up in relation to flat spots that appear on tires. So when you see a driver go into a corner and they, they're trying to slow down, maybe they're trying to do an overtake, and all of this smoke comes off of their tire, that's what would be called locking up. And this happens when the wheel stops turning, like the physical wheel is no longer turning. Because with these cars, you want the brake disc to keep moving with the brake pad when the car is slowing down. And when you lock up, these two components are locking too strongly and the tire cannot keep turning along with the wheel as the driver goes into the corner. And this creates that one flat spot on the tire because it's stopped turning and that one spot is grinding against the track and is, is kind of shaving it down. And all of these issues, whether it's locking up or degradation or graining or blistering or any of that, these really impact the actual ride of the car. So if you hear a driver complaining about, about vibrations, as Lewis or, or Valtteri happens to do pretty often, it may be because of a flat spot. That might be the reason for why the car is not riding as smoothly as they want it to be. And it also really impacts the strategies. The people who, who plan for these and who say we're going to use this tire at this time, they are planning, obviously, for the best case scenario. They don't want these things to happen, but they do know that they likely will happen. Uh, and so they have to take this into account when constructing a strategy and saying, how do we think the weather and the track itself is going to impact the tires that we choose for this specific part of the race and part of the world and track? All of that stuff adds together and kind of makes the strategy so important for the drivers. And you can see when it goes wrong, it, it can really go wrong and it can ruin an entire race. And drivers themselves are an absolute part of this. I mean, yes, they're, they're the drivers. They're the ones controlling the cars. And there are some drivers who are better than others at managing their tires. They have to work to make sure the tires don't wear too quickly, that they don't sit in dirty air for too long and wreck those tires. All of these concepts come into play at every race weekend and with every choice about the tires that the teams make. Now, a question I was thinking about is why, why are soft tires not used all the time if they're the fastest? Like if they make the car go the quickest and are more used in qualifying, why aren't they used all the time? Why are hard tires better in some situations instead? And, and why are wet tires used over intermediate tires? Those are all completely valid questions. And the truth is that it really depends on the circuit. Every portion of the circuit, whether it's the actual geographical location, the altitude, and the temperature, all of these things will affect how the tires will wear. And so this can differ absolutely from year to year and day to day, because it could rain one day on the track and it could be sunny on the next day. So again, Harkening back to what I said before, all of these things are, are aspects that the team has to try and plan for as they go into a weekend. 
But now even thinking back to this past weekend, we have, were at Imola, which was really cool. We hadn't been there since I think 2006 or something. And this was a counterclockwise track, which I was sitting in my couch trying to understand what that meant and why they were saying that led to certain tire degradation on the, on the right tires more than the left. And wasn't quite able to figure it out myself. But the concept stands in that all of these things are really going to make a difference in tire gradation and again, affect your choice. So now harder tires, what makes them the best choice for a weekend? Like why going into X race, why am I going to choose harder tires? Well, first they do really well with circuits that put the highest energy loadings on the tires which will typically mean that they feature more fast corners, that they have a lot more abrasive surfaces and higher ambient temperatures. And they take a lot longer to warm up. Considering they're harder and not as squishy, the drivers will have to put a lot more work into getting them warm. And that's why you may see a driver, especially when they go in for a pit stop and they change onto hard tires, that they may come out and like lock up into the first corner that they get to is because those tires are, there's no way for those tires to get warm from the low speeds of the pit exit to wherever that first, first corner is. It's just not possible. And so they do have upsides though. They are a lot more durable and they have a slower degradation cycle. And that's why I said before that maybe if you're starting in the back of the pack, you might put on a hard tire first because they allow for longer stints. So instead of a soft tire that may only last for say 20 laps or 15 or even less, a hard tire may say, I can go 35, 40 laps on a hard tire. And since I'm starting in P20, I might say, we're going to take a gamble and I'm going to go on hard tires. So maybe I can go for a lot longer than other people and overtake more people and therefore improve my standing. So that may be a strategy that slower teams may put into play more often with the hard tires. Now, medium tires, these are kind of, they're medium. They're, they're in between. They have a lot of pluses and some minuses, but they are, are the middle ground. They work well, again, for high speeds and higher temperatures and higher energy loadings, but they are a lot more versatile than the hard compound. One of the things that Pirelli talks about with these medium tires is that they're supposed to be more adaptive to uh, the circuit itself and the weather. So maybe it's not super hot, but it's not also cold. Again, medium. These might be the tires that the team goes for because they know they can work in both situations and say the temperature rises on the track. They might say, okay, we're going to choose the medium. We're going to put these on the car because we know that this will work well regardless of the temperature rising or lowering within a small section. Now, soft tires. These are the ones that probably are used most frequently. They're used in a lot of races. Again, these are the fastest. I say that with a caveat. They're the fastest outside of the ultra softs and the hyper softs, which I'll get to in a second. But soft tires out of the hard, medium, and soft section, these are, again, the fastest. And they're a good mix of both performance and durability, but the emphasis is more on performance. So they are faster rather than lasting longer. So remember that the softer tire is the quicker it wears. So its lifespan is shorter than the medium and the hard. 
Now, as we continue to move into softer compounds, these tend to work better on twisty or curvy circuits, and they warm up a lot faster. So on a curvy circuit that's got a ton of corners, you need these tires to be grippy to allow you to go around the corner faster. And so you need the tire to warm up really fast and get going for you right away. And so that's why a softer compound may be a better choice. And they allow the car to go a lot faster, but their lifespan is shorter and shorter as you go down. So the hypersofts and the ultrasofts are really where you get to the fastest but the shortest lifespan. And so the hypersofts are the softest tire available with the shortest lifespan. And so that's the constant trade-off that teams must evaluate when making a strategy. And so these have a ton of grip. They're super sticky. They really grip to the track. So when you have circuits that have a lot of corners and that have these kind of slow turns that you need to make where you need to keep the car underneath you, Softer tires like the Hypersofts may be the one you choose because it allows the car to really snap to the track and not go all over the place with, with losing grip. But they are tricky to get right when it comes to using them. Considering their, their quick degradation, you know you can't have them on for 30 laps like you could a medium or a hard tire. You know that it's going to only be on for a really short amount of time and the teams have to plan for that when they're when they're figuring out their strategy. Now the last section is wet weather tires. Now when I was in Coda in Austin, Texas in 2018, it rained on Friday and Saturday. And I remember huddling under the very few overhangs that they have around the track as it is Texas and it's normally sunny and beautiful there, but it was absolutely pouring and the rain was just coming down. And luckily it didn't rain during the race itself, but the downpour the days before really impacted how the teams functioned and for their game plans for practice and qualifying. And they really also had to say, okay, what if it does rain on Sunday? How are we going to react? And, and how are we going to manage our new strategy based on this new weather? And we've had some more memorable wet races recently, especially in the past couple years at Germany and Hockenheim. We've had some really crazy races there. And more recently at the Nürburgring this year. And wet racing is usually really unpredictable. It's a lot more exciting it is slower, but I think it's kind of fun because it throws a wrench in everything totally. And now these wet tires actually have treads in them, like the tires that you have on your normal road car. And I, sh I guess I should have prefaced this before, but the hards and the mediums and the softs, they are virtually smooth on the outside. They don't have really any noticeable and perceptible treads on them. So when you get to the wet weather tires, you will actually see the grooves in them. And there are only two wet compounds compared to the five slick compounds. So first up is the intermediates, and these usually have a green sidewall, and they're meant for some dampness, but not for actual like consistent rainfall. Like maybe say the track is damp and there's some puddles lying around, this is the, the, the tire you're going to go for because it gives you a lot of grip for, say, if you, if you go off the track and go into some water or you go off the line you're supposed to be on, but it still allows you to go fast. Not fast as a hard or medium soft tire, but it still allows the car to go, go pretty quickly. 
And now the last, very last compound is the full wets, which are blue, obviously rain blue. That's how it makes sense to me. And this is meant for when it's actually raining, uh, but racing is still safe. They're not going to race in a torrential downpour when there's thunder and lightning, but when there's maybe some misting that's keeping the track wet and there's no room for them to switch onto a faster tire, the wet one is what they're going to go for. And it has the deepest treads and it is a bit even wider in diameter than the intermediates. And this is meant really for safety to stop any aquaplaning or sliding for the drivers and keep them with the ability to keep the car underneath them and further remove any chance that there's a crash because crashes under rain can happen a lot more frequently. And these tires do really kick up water as they go. If you watch a wet, wet race or really anything where they're driving in the wet, you see those crazy clouds of mist behind each tire because Pirelli uses the term evacuate water, that these tires evacuate a certain amount of water that is really pushed out from under them so that they can be on the driest land possible. So now I know maybe that was a lot of jargon, a lot of random kind of comments to make, but tires are super important. And this was a topic that was requested to me um, to look at, and I really wanted to delve into it. And even there are more regulation changes coming in 2022. I know I've said before that 2022 is the thing when everything changes. And yeah, it still is. There, There's so much that's happening. And the tires are going to even be a lower profile in 2022. So meaning that they're going to have bigger rims and skinnier tire walls. So they're going to look more like the tires you have on your normal car where the wheel itself, like the, the inside part, is a lot bigger and the rubber is thinner. So the front tires on the F1 cars are going to be slightly different than the rear in terms of dimension. And all of this is going to affect the suspension, the ride height of the car, and the car setups. But I'm not quite smart enough to explain all the mechanics to you. But again, it's, it's, it's logical to think that when you change the tire, other portions of the car are going to have to change with it. So my quote to leave you with today is from Ayrton Senna in honor of us being at Imola and his passing. Uh, and he said, these things bring you to reality as to show how fragile you are. At the same moment you were doing something that nobody else is able to do, the same moment that you were seen as the best, the fastest, and somebody that cannot be touched, you are enormously fragile. Now, Ayrton has a lot of really beautiful quotes uh, that he said over the years, and I, I truly wish I could have seen him race. I think he's a beautiful soul, um, but I would recommend you take a look at the movie Senna that is on American Netflix, I believe at least, should be on Amazon Prime for, for rent possibly, but that is a really beautiful movie to show who he was as a person and the really impact he had on the sport itself. So to close, I want to say if you guys have anything you want me to talk about, please reach out to me. Like I said, today's topic was requested. And so I'm, I'm here for you guys to talk about things that you want to hear and learn about because it allows me a platform to further learn about it myself and grow my knowledge. Um, so you can reach out to me on my Instagram. It's at formula 101 with the numbers 101 underscore podcast on Instagram. That'll also link you to my personal account. If you want to reach out that way, please do that. 
Uh, I'm on TikTok as well. I'll probably be making a few videos for this episode. Um, but please reach out. I love to hear from you. Love to say hi to you. But thank you so much for listening. I will hope to see you again very soon in a few weeks, uh, hoping to get a guest. I know I've said that a few times, um, but hopefully I'll pull through this time. So thank you so much and I'll see you again soon.